1,000 the better stories. Welcome to 1,000 Better Stories, the Scottish Communities Climate Action Network's podcast sharing stories of community-led climate action in Scotland to help us all imagine a better and fairer future beyond the new normal and transform what we think is possible. Hello, my name is Kashka and I'm one of SCAN's story weavers. Welcome to our second episode exploring creative injection into community climate justice through collaboration between community partners and creative practitioners in Creative Dundee's Cultivate project. Listen to the previous episode to hear an introduction from Claire Dufour, project's creative climate producer, and a conversation with members of the partnership centred around Smart social supermarket run by Community First in Forfa. Today we hear a chat I had in February with another partnership within Cultivate. I'll talk to Joyce Reed from Transition Dundee and their creative partner Jade Anderson. Their collaboration focused on the community wardrobe project and destigmatizing the idea of secondhand clothing. Let's hear Joyce and her colleague Lindsay Penny introducing their work at the launch of the week-long We Wardrobe Engagement event in February, which was a culmination of this six-month collaboration. Um, so primarily our project uh, is about avoiding waste and one of the ways we do that is by running the community wardrobe which is really important. Uh, Zero Waste Scotland uh, brought out a report just this week um, about the carbon impact of Scotland and it's quite frightening. Textiles, your clothing is such a big problem. By volume, textiles are only 4% of what we waste but their carbon impact is 38%. Um, so that's like that's over a third of the carbon impact comes from our clothing, you know. So it's clear that we have to do something. We can't just continue to go and buy a new outfit, wear it half a dozen times, chuck it out, buy something new. You know that obviously can't happen anymore. So what to do? Well, we're great believers in second-hand clothes. So we set up the community wardrobe, which, as I say, you know, it's, it's very simple. Something you don't like or want anymore. You drop it off, someone else says, oh, I love it, takes it home with them. You hope to find something that you like and yay, everybody's happy, you know, because realistically we're not going to all say, I'll just wear the same clothes for the rest of my life. You know, that's not going to happen. So that's been really successful. The other way of extending your clothes is, of course, repairing them, as you said. So that's really important. You know, don't get rid of something just because it's lost a button or it's got a, a tear or even a, a big mark on it. These things can be sorted and we'll be running repair cafes to show people how to do that. And it's really simple, you know, I really must stress that we are not, you don't have to be experts, it's really easy to do. Um, and once you've got these, th these ideas in your head of how simple it is to sew on a button or whatever, you can do it. Um, and that will hopefully then lead to more things, you'll see things differently. Um, like I'm not that tall, so trousers are always too long, so you have to put up a hem, which really isn't difficult. Conversely, I also don't like wearing short dresses and skirts, so sometimes they are too short. I wish they were longer, you know, but there's ways to deal with all of these things. So we'll be talking a bit about that. So then you've got, you've, so you've upcycled, you've, you've done everything, but you've still got these clothes that you don't know what to do with. So can you use the fabric for something else? Can you upcycle it in some way? Well, yes, of course you can. We'll have drop-in sessions and uh, workshops for that. 
you know, if you've got a shirt and you love the colour, you love the pattern, but you're actually not going to wear it anymore, could you turn it into a lampshade cover or a bookmark or um, a cushion cover, you know? So you still get enjoyment from seeing that fabric. You can be very practical. Um, we're also going to be this week making draft excluders from a pair of jeans. So you'll probably get two because most jeans have two legs, don't they? So, you know, so... Both. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm, it could, you know, some people only need one leg. Well, what are they going to do with the leg they don't need, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's more practical because we've got all these, you know, energy bills, you know, going up and up. If you've got a draft excluder, it'll really help. And you're maybe thinking, yeah, I've got jeans, I could do that, but what will I stuff? I've nothing to stuff it with. But, but you do have. What about all those odd socks that mysteriously lose their partner, you know? <laughs> Um, what about looking back to these clothes that you're never going to wear and nobody else will ever want snip them up into little bits, stuff them inside the leg of your jeans, you've got your draft excluder very practical so yeah, we just hope that we can inspire people to just think about their clothes extending their life um, in one way or another and Lindsay will tell you a bit more about what's happening next <laughs> so uh, the Gate Church Carbon Saving Project has been running for about uh, nine years um, started by the church themselves and then they brought in some people from the community which were us to do more um, community outreach stuff. Um, we've been very, very well funded for the last nine years by the Scottish Government's Climate Challenge Fund which is coming to an end in about six weeks. <laughs> so we, we took the, once we found this out we, we took the opportunity to really uh, revamp the whole project. I think there's a lot of potential in Dundee for more climate action. There's so many amazing groups already but it's about yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah it's just it's about trying to do more projects and stuff and, and uh, so yeah we, we took the opportunity to uh, move out of the church we're moving out over the next few weeks and turning it into an organization in its own right um, and as someone already said it's going to be called transition dundee uh, and we're doing it as a social enterprise so we can try and generate as much of our own income as possible not be relying on large funders uh, for, for the most part um, so yeah we've, we've got multiple other projects apart from the wardrobe we've got the community fridge on the perth road i don't know if you've been to it uh, we normally do a lot of workshops and events and just general climate change awareness and trying to um, plant that little seed for a lot of people just um, to try and make them realise how bad climate emergency is but not scare them at the same time but you know just to show that we can all do this together. Um, so yeah we're, we're moving over the next uh, three or four weeks into our new premises at Nethergate. Uh, it's going to be a, a clothes shop version of the wardrobe so we need to start generating our own income and uh, we're going to start selling some of the clothes but still with that aspect where people need clothes, they can still come and get them, but we'll do it in a way that has as much dignity as possible and people don't have to feel like they're receiving charity. It's always about saving that stuff from going to waste, so it's open to absolutely anybody. Um, so yeah, I think that's uh, it from me, so thank you. Joyce worked with Jade Anderson, who is an actor, theatre maker and facilitator. In the past, she worked with Dundee Rep in their creative learning department, and now she's creating her own work, celebrating working class Dundee and Dundonian Scots language, and nurturing relationships with communities to co-create this new theatre. I started our joint conversation by asking both Jade and Joyce why they chose to get involved in Cultivate, and in this partnership in particular. You will also hear excerpts from recordings Jade made with community groups where their members reflect on climate change and second-hand clothing. Right before I applied for it, it was in kind of a, a, a weird headspace because I was ready to be like, I'm leaving the industry for a while to like look after myself. And then 
Um, I stumbled onto a, a project called Waypoint One that was there to like guide artists through COVID. And so just so happened at the same time, this post for Cultivate popped up and it's rare that you see things like that that are open to all arts stuff. And so I was like, oh, I'm very intrigued by this. And then I looked through the community partners and then when I read up about the community wardrobe, I was like, oh, I really love them, especially growing up. Like, clothes were such, uh, I really loved what they were trying to do and making like secondhand people's first choice and trying to move away from that need to have the newest thing and the latest thing. Um, so that's what drew me. It was something we had heard of, though we'd never done it. And we, you know, we had been told this is the way to go to get involved in the creative circles and they can really help you to look at things differently and to get your messages out to different people. So we were very open to the idea of it. So yeah, we were quite delighted when we heard about it. And there were two possible partners that we could work with. And it was Jade's backstory. She totally understood what we were doing and why we were doing it. And she understood on two levels, which we always say, yes, we want people to reduce their carbon footprint, but we also want to alleviate poverty. Um, so we're, we're trying to cover those. And Jade spoke so well about both those things. And then, you know, her idea of that this storytelling was so new to us um, because we have done other things. You know, we've run workshops, we've made things um, on a fashion show at a school. So we've done you know those kind of things but we had never ever thought of anything like this and we never could have you know we knew this was something that you know there were other options available to us and think well that's something we could do but we wouldn't do it very well this person will do it so much better but Jade's idea was something we could never ever do that on our own. Yeah and I suppose if I was to add on to that like for me as a, as a practitioner and as an artist I was keen to be reconnecting with my own community and um, I'd been away studying for two years and then come back and then obviously Covid hit everything went into lockdown and all the groups and things and the support networks that were there, a lot of them didn't survive. So I knew that the work I wanted to do in the future involved working with all these communities, but I wasn't sure what was still there. And this project gave me that chance to really go out and meet people and get those connections started and establish like what groups are there, what they need. And um, so it's really positive, not just for this project, but it's really helped like my future work as well. So that's like a Which is a great thing for us because you, you, did, you totally understood, you know, the community side of it, you know, because obviously we are connected to lots of different groups at different times. So now we've got Jade who's introduced us to new groups and we've introduced her to groups that we already knew. So it's really just widened our whole network. Yeah. Um, so you can really see this as having a, a future, I mean, a legacy, if you like. It's not just a one-off project, you know, one artist, one community project working together it's become much much more than that it's really wide isn't it yeah climate change it's impacting on our learning it's impacting on our lives and yeah it's pretty bad it sounds, it sounds quite normal to me like sometimes uh, yeah because we live just these days these yeah, days we live in a world where people have got used to it but people try to stop it yeah and it doesn't mm. work these days mm. it's just a main part of our lives. Yeah, pretty, pretty sad when you think about it. Yeah. We didn't need to have ideas for the interview, but I just so happened to have one when we were being interviewed. And it all stemmed from like the memories that our clothes gather. Because in my mind, it was like when you think of dream catchers and catching all your dreams and stuff, and like our clothing's kind of like that 
even I always say like even a jumper that you might just get up in the morning and throw on without thinking if you take a moment to like sit and really look at it and think the last time you wore it or when you bought it and what the weather was like what your mood was like there's all these memories like attached to items that we have and so that's the idea I came in with like imagining the memories that the items have but then thinking about the memories that those items can go on to gather when you pass them on and um, so that's the little idea at the start it's kind of expanded it's, it really has expanded and the great thing was that after you came to see us you wanted to come and volunteer mm -hmm. at the community wardrobe so this was really over and above what you'd already agreed to do because you just loved the whole concept of it and that gave us great opportunities to chat about things yeah um, yeah you've taken it further than you ever thought you would and even things like when I was asked to go and talk at a scouts group Jane said straight away can I come too? And it was great because it made it such a better evening for everybody, you know, so it was a great example of, yeah, she didn't have to do that, but my goodness, I'm glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just really great because um, I've worked with a lot of different groups as well. So it's that thing, you can't just go in with one way of working. You have to adapt to the groups. And so I've learned a lot that way. Um, and that kind of really came from the volunteering side as well because there's so there were so many different people that came through the doors that were all after a different thing and they needed a different thing and whether that was like their reasons for being at the store or physically what they needed when they came in some people were happy to just in out done other people like to blether some people just liked the companionship and so it was really nice getting to I don't know just be in the space and absorbing all that um, I don't know why I was saying yeah. this, but... <laughs> but, but it's like you were totally embedded with yeah, this. You, yeah. you weren't just saying, oh, my role is to go ahead and make these films and at the end of it we'll have something happening. Yeah. No, it was much, much more than that. It was very much, you know, like a team member, you know, yeah. you can you can drop in any time and, uh, and just really good at like keeping in touch with what you're doing. Because obviously we couldn't see what you were doing when you were yeah. um talking to your other groups things but you kept in touch with us and, and you brought all that back to us you know we started talking about who's got a, a knit and natter group and this kind of thing things that we were thinking of and you were able to say oh well they're doing this here and they're doing mm -hmm. something else um yes yeah. lots of new ideas and, and just helpful when i first started so i was um volunteering with the project and everything was great and then i had to leave for a little bit because i was doing a show somewhere but what was amazing is in the run-up to that show, um, Joyce realised we could use the wardrobe to clothe the actors. So like 90% of our costumes all came from the wardrobe. And then when we were done with it, we just washed it and then brought it back. So it was amazing because as freelance artists, usually we don't have money um, to get costume. And if we do, we then don't have anywhere to store it. And um, so that like solved all those problems and it was amazing and the pictures were great like the costumes looked fun but it was such fun because yeah. jade said things like this person is a male large and he's going to be um a woodcutter and this lady's going to be a, a garden fairy or yeah it was just really quite wide things um and was somebody a witch i can't remember yeah there's a witch um, and a mole a mole yes <laughs> so what fun we had what would a mole wear <laughs> and you know the amazing thing was we found exactly we knew oh, that hat is exactly what a mole would wear it was amazing yeah. how we just found things and just looking at you know it got us looking at the clothes in a different way because it was certainly not 
um, I want a pair of black trousers and I want a white t-shirt, you know, it was, you know, so we were able to say, oh, look at all this jewellery, maybe the witch would like to wear yeah. that. <laughs> oh, it was just, it was just, I had a young volunteer working that day, she's just, she's still at school actually, oh, what fun we had, you know, with this list, this really quite silly list of um, who we were clothing that day. Yeah. yeah. Because of COP26 and how prominent it is in school currently, it just makes me feel bored. Well, that's a pretty, that's a pretty weird answer because it's terrible. It was awful. Yeah, because yeah, I suppose that's something I never really thought about at the start that it would be so embedded in the community wardrobe. Um, but I don't think anything would be how it is now if I hadn't. I think that was a really important part of it because then I got to know the ins and outs out of it and uh, learn why I loved it so much. And then it's so much easier when you work in a group to then talk about a project that you know. Um, and then they can see that you're passionate about it. So then they get passionate about it. And so it was really nice. And then getting to do things like the COP26 thing that we did in Slither Gardens was lovely. And uh, or the Christmas market, just little things that were just really enjoyable and reconnect you with different people every time. So COP26, um, when it was launched, so there was a big launch event in Dundee and we had a stall there and we were talking about textile waste and you know, what a problem it is, what a problem fast fashion is. And it, the way we did it was we had material already cut out. So you could just, we had a big um, wreath and you could add um, a whole scrap of fabric and it became this beautiful wreath by the end of the afternoon, it was completely covered. Um, you could make a bookmark, which was very simple. We had the material all cut out. Now, this was just material that had come from Kunti Wardrobe. You know, when sometimes you have just dozens and dozens of men's shirts in various blue checks or whatever, um, or you've got a beautiful skirt, but you just know the shape's all wrong for nowadays. So we kept that fabric, we cut it out, and then um, it was primarily children that did it. Um, you could come and make a bookmark, and we used the... You know the little ribbons you get in your side of your jumpers and dresses for hanging them up? We cut those off so they could choose that, and that made a tail of the bookmark. Just use fabric glue. Now, if we're doing them properly, we probably would sew them. But on the day we wanted something, you could come, you could do it, you could get away again. And we also made T-shirt bags, which are a great thing. No sewing involved, just literally cuts, snip little a fringe, tie it all together. So there were things that people could make straight away. But obviously, while they were doing it, we were having a wee chat about why it's important to do it. Um, and that was another example where Jade said straight away, I'd like to come and help you with that. Um, yeah, and oh, we were so busy. We we're so busy. So busy. <laughs> oh, I had to run back up after an hour because we ran out of fabric. I had to run up to church and find more, you know. Oh, it was just... I like lost so much skin <laughs> on my hands from cutting all the T-shirts because I had to pre-cut because it was too long to keep them standing to do... Oh, but it was... It was Good. It was lovely seeing so many uh, little ones being really intrigued by it and getting quite excited about turning a t-shirt into a bag. So that was amazing. Yeah, but also the while the children were doing that, the adults were talking and they were so interested um, and people totally understood what we were talking about. And we said, you know, we've got far too many clothes. What are we going to do with them all? Um, yeah, it was a great afternoon. Yeah. We as individuals, we want to stop this. We are like, we are scared. We are like, we want to make a difference for future generations for like, our children, our siblings, our relatives, and just any really like people who are going to live in future generations. But then the people who can actually make a difference, like big corporations and government, are just like, how about money though? <laughs> We're not like, okay, thanks. So it was finding the groups was the hardest part. Um, 
So I got into contact with loads of people and then it got to the point where at the start, I was like, okay, I know I've got 25 participants because I have a youth theater and they have no choice. They need to do it. So when you had them, if I didn't have anybody else, we had their work. Um, and then it kind of just caught on. And I even got to the point where I had to apologize and say, look, I've no space left to work with your group on this project, but we can work together on the next project. Let's keep in touch. Um, so it's been amazing the variety of groups that I've worked with. And going into it, um, the structure was loosely the same. So we'd start off with like an informal interview that was eight questions, the same eight questions that got asked regardless of people's background or age. Um, and mainly that started off just for my curiosity. I wanted to know how important these things were to people. And then it's resulted in there's a 20 minute like um, documentary, I guess, which is just everyone's answers put together. And it's really beautiful and a little heartbreaking, but also quite inspiring. And um, so I loved how that evolved. But yeah, it started off with me just being nosy and needing to know like how important it was for each group and the work that I was going to do. And then the second stage would be that we'd look at an item of clothing. They were invited to bring in an item that meant something to them if they wanted to, but it could also be like a sock. It didn't matter. Um, and then we'd talk about the item and the memories and have a good wee blether about that. And then the second stage was, not the third stage, was that we'd swap those items and then we'd use those items as a basis to create new fantastical stories. Um, and so that's kind of what I did with every group, but I made sure there was always options. Like it wasn't like you have to do it this way and that's the way we're going. Um, and out of it, there's been loads of, so one group um, of veterans made these little sketches that we filmed, which were brilliant. The 11th Youth Theatre used clean screen to make stories about their items. Um, a reminiscence group up in Stobswell, um, we ended up just recording um, their stories because we had so little time in our last session and they're like, well, just make it up right now and record that. And I was like, oh, daring, okay. <laughs> so we did that. Um, but then there's other groups that like wrote things. There was people that came in with homes that they already had that were really important to them. Um, and a local quote from Hotspots as well, he wrote another piece that's getting put in. Um, so it's just a beautiful collection of stuff. And we also have some people who like art more that are doing like artistic representations of stories and things like that. What else is there? Oh, so one group, um, and this is where I had to learn to really adapt. I knew by my second session with them that the storytelling just wasn't going to be their thing at all. And the person running the group said, if you can make a huge colouring in sheet for them, they'll love it. And so I was like, okay. So then I went back and I, do, I drew out like this big motto on massive bits of card and brought it in. And they loved it. Like they, they were just so happy to all be able to get involved. And so they're all coloring in and they're also making like a bunting as well. And so it was just finding things that they were passionate about. And now they're dead excited to then come in and see their finished piece put up. And I was like, that's amazing. Um, so yeah, I guess that's the biggest thing I've learned as well is like not be too precious of my own ideas and my own way of working, like really just respond. And so that got them all excited and they're passionate and I was delighted because I didn't want to leave with nothing from that group because um, they had things they needed to say. I try to not take public transport as much as possible. 
I'd say that's just sure about you do walk everywhere. Yeah, that's why I've got such nice legs. Oh, yeah. We'd been asked to take part in a workshop by the university. And we said, yes, yes, we'll do that. And then as the time got near, we thought, don't know what we're going to do. Um, and then, wait a minute, maybe Jade would like to do a little kind of mini workshop idea. This uh, this idea she's got of the, the stories of the clothes. So she came and did that with us, which was just great. But yeah, for that, I said, to her, I'll bring it up just in case nobody else wants to talk. And in fact, most people did have their cameras off. So it was quite difficult to know who had something. So I did bring in a hat that we were able to talk about. But that was quite good because that was the first time I was able to see how it was working. And it did work because other people did come in with their stories of their clothes and some people had brought something with them. It was quite funny, wasn't it? There was what the speaker before us was very much a professor, you know, and his talk was really quite professorial. <laughs> <laughs> it was statistics, it was yeah. facts, you know, and, and it was it was good, um, but it was different from what we were doing. We could then see on him, he was doing exactly what she was saying. She, he was taking his jacket and he was stroking the sleeve of his jacket. And it was quite unexpected because I thought, no, he's not going to get this at all. But he, he absolutely yeah. did. It was so interesting. And it was really lovely because that was before I'd done any of the workshops. I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't, I did not try it out. So I wasn't sure if it was going to work. So then when we sat down and did that and then saw people over Zoom as well, engaging with it, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. Like in the space with people, people all over. And what, we only had 20 minutes or something. Yeah. Like such a short, short space of time. And it got people talking and they also did create some brilliant, stories we, as well we did we went on yeah. to make stories that day and it just showed how it worked you know uh, yeah it was great from the perspective of someone who's working class who's trying to just get on with their life you know to make a living they're obviously the first thing you're going to look at is you're going to pick the cheaper thing and from someone who's just moved out who is struggling financially who's a carer for someone um i know myself that as good as I understand the benefits of this, money is a problem in life, you know. All that work that I was talking about that's been created, that's now going to go on display in the Scrap Antics space on level two in the Wellgate Centre. And in the space will be the exhibition space that will have the films and the written work and some of the pieces that have been loaned to us, like the items of clothing, and um, will be on display. There'll be a pop-up version of the community wardrobe called Abadie's Wardrobe. And then there'll also be a big social space where there's drop-in upcycling activities like the bookmark thing that we're talking about, t-shirt making, uh, community yes. bunting yeah. being made by the Nethergate crafters. There's going to be the chance for people to add to the bunting. But there'll also be some bookable activities, and including some storytelling workshops. Um, but the event also launches the We Wardrobe initiative. So groups can get in touch with us and they'll get a starter pack, which is a wee rail and some um, hangers and a wee step-by-step -step guide on how to create your own wardrobe in your community groups, which also has contact details for the new store that will be open. So if you have any items that no one's taking, you contact the store and the store will complex stuff and put it in their store. And it's just a way of like creating connections between Joyce and Lindsay in the store and everybody else that are doing these wee wardrobes just to people want to start their own community wardrobes. They have that support and that place to ask questions. And yeah, it's quite important that we say we can take things that they can't get rid of because we are well aware a lot of people are worried and quite rightly so about getting swamped because we know that they, you know, the amount of stuff 
you can get is is really frightening actually um so we don't want people to be put off thinking oh we'd love to but what if we get you know 20 bin bags full you know what will we do with them all so it's quite important that, that we, we have that um, support system that don't worry we'll help you out with that because that may well be a problem for people i've never been brought up in a way to like look down upon secondhand yeah. clothing i've always been gifted it from family and stuff yeah. and like I've never had shame going into a charity shop, whereas like some of the people I'm friends with are like, oh, yeah. you go into a charity I've shop. I volunteered in a charity shop, yeah. Mm. At the end of March, our funding will finish and we will no longer be the Gate Church Carbon Saving Project. We will be transitioned Dundee. As part of that, we've got new premises on Nethergate. It's a nice big shop and it's got big spaces downstairs as well. We're kind of calling it a charity shop with a difference, you know, so... It'll be like a standard charity shop, you can go in and buy clothes. There will also be clothes for free because we still want that. That's important too, is that anybody who needs clothes can come and get them. You know, there'll be no questions asked, you know, and um, they can just come and they can choose what they need and take them away, and that's absolutely fine. We will um, have a space for items that we've upcycled because, as we've said, we've got so many clothes, we need to think what else can we do. If we're not going to wear them, what can we use them for? We'll have sewing machines out, we'll have a sewing machine corner so we can do a repair cafe, teach people how to repair their clothes or to alter them. We're hoping to have uh, workshops. We might have a knit and natter group sooner rather than later because we're doing that as part of JSB Wardrobe. Um, we'll be running a couple of sessions next week and I'm doing it like that because that also helps us to tackle social isolation, which of course is another big problem that we see um, so we're not just helping people to, you know, reduce their carbon footprint to save money, but also we're hoping it'll be a proper hub with a lot of things going on. It's been going on for millions of years and it's cyclical enough. Yeah, because we had, what was it, we had the Ice Age <coughs> and then we had the Dinosaur Age. <laughs> and I'm sorry, yeah. but life moves on. Was the, only, the one and only challenging thing for me was when I was met with a group yeah, they kind of were very much denied climate change as a thing. And so I was kind of struck with, like, how do I use this? Like, because my job wasn't to come in and be like, you're wrong and this is why you're wrong. And at the same time, I couldn't just leave what they were saying out of the project. And so I was a bit conflicted. I was like, how do I handle this in a way that isn't dismissive? Um, and then I realised, like, with the film, the 28-minute interview film actually it was really important to emphasize that the whole point in it wasn't to push one ideal the point was to get an honest idea of what our community is feeling and so once I realized like reminded myself why I was doing what I was doing then I kind of calmed down and I said okay so I think that was it this inspiring moment was probably speaking to the young people especially like from 10 upwards and just discovering how screwed on their heads were and how much they did know about the situation and climate change and um, what can be done about it. So it's kind of, they always left me feeling very hopeful after I'd spoken to them because when you're working on something like this, you can get yourself really ground down and feel quite hopeless about things. Um, but speaking to the young people, it's just kind of really comforting to know that they, they know what they're doing and they know what has to be done. I mean, I don't really think we've had challenges from our side. The only possible slight thing was near the beginning 
are we doing this right? Yes. You know, <laughs> are we helping Jade? Are we ignoring her? Should we be in touch with her? You know, and I suppose that was the only thing. And and it wasn't really an issue, but we did just wonder, you know, yeah. what are we supposed to be doing at this stage? And um, obviously you were just getting yourself organised, you had nothing to tell us. So that was fine. Yeah. <laughs> they hadn't heard from me for a couple of weeks because there was nothing to say. So that wasn't a challenge as such. Well, I tell you, it was very inspiring when Jade showed us the films she's made, um, which obviously everybody else will see next week. And some of the stories there, oh my goodness, you know, it's just, or they're just so, they're just lovely. But some of them are also quite hard to listen to because you think, oh, these people, my goodness, and the stories they're coming out with, which are all connected to a piece of clothing. That's what, I mean, they're just lovely stories there. I suspect, you know, our highlight is going to be next week when we're there and people are coming in and seeing it all. And obviously I'm at that. It's been lovely having Jade with us just when she's been volunteering at the, the community ward. And some people from your other groups have come in yeah. who hadn't been before. And they're, they're so pleased to see you. And, and you've given them that confidence to come to a new place and try it out, you know. And, and that's been really nice. And they just want to chat. And you can see how much it means to them to come in and see a friendly face. That's been lovely. Sorry, I don't understand what that means, and I'm being sustainable honest. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of sustainable living. I'm not quite sure no. what it means. I don't know what means. What does that mean? Sustainable living. I think the thing with me is, like, even from the start, I was, I was always really scared, and I was never really sure what any of it meant. But then when I did things like the talk that I did for the the battle bus tour when I spoke about that and how I feel and the the challenges when talking about climate change when I was struggling and then someone's like that's it that's really what we're talking about and I was like oh right now I kind of get it and so for me it was um I've been kind of saying this about looking at the language that we use when we talk about climate change and um becoming adaptable and realizing that not everyone's going to be able to do the same thing to help and we need to celebrate that and focus on the positives and because when you're already struggling if people are like oh you're not doing this enough or you're not doing that enough and you shouldn't be buying these things then it just it grinds you down and you don't want to do anything to help i always just went in with um that understanding that there's certain language that I couldn't use certain terms that just weren't going to jive with people who have never said that for my life. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was about adjusting and talking about things that were important to them um, because the climate and stuff wasn't necessarily important to them, but paying their bills and having somewhere to live or knowing where their next meal was coming from was more important to them. And so we kind of approached it that way but always try to look at it in a positive light like isn't it amazing that you're already doing this and these are other things we can do because a lot of the young people as well they thought they didn't do very much and then when you start listing things that help with the climate and they're like oh I do that like because it's such an everyday thing and um, because that was another thing I highlighted in the talk like people who are working class or or lower who are struggling already live in a very sustainable way out of circumstance we have to and so we don't realize that we are we don't realize that the way we're living is already helping the planet and all we look at is the things that we're not doing but that's exactly how we've always worked yeah we are very well aware that yes if you're struggling to think what am I going to feed the children tonight you really haven't got the headspace to think oh and while I'm at it have I have I recycled enough this week and I think it, it is difficult because um, 
a lot of it does come down to, you know, your financial means. We would all love to go and buy stuff from the zero waste shops. But, you know, actually the reality is that it's cheaper to buy six packets of crisps rather than two apples, you know, this kind of thing. That And people often know this. As Jade says, there's no point giving them something more to feel bad about. It's much more about empowering them and saying, actually, you are doing a good job and we're all doing a little bit and we're all doing what we can. We're all only human here. And, um, yeah, I think it's quite difficult sometimes. Um, and as, as Jane says, it sounds like such a big subject, but when you break it down, people realize, well, well, of course I take the bus. And now that may be because they've not got a car at home, but that doesn't matter. They're still taking the bus and not driving a car. And you've got to know that, you know, that's good. And But that's difficult. Maybe they would love to have a car, actually. And who are we to say that's wrong? You know, and, and who are we to say you absolutely cannot shop in Primark because maybe that's all you can afford for your family, in which case then that's what you have to do. And and it's difficult to, for people to to expect them to make big decisions. You know, so it's much more about getting together than we were talking there about you know, sort of the socialisation, just getting everyone together talking. And that encourages people as well and makes them feel, I think it's quite easy for people to feel, oh, that's not for me. You know, that, that's for these people who, who drive electric cars or who are vegan or whatever, you know, and they're like a, a different part of life and you're not really going to come into contact with them because that's absolutely not true. Because we see that at the community fridge, you know, it's there to avoid waste. So we get people who want to avoid the waste, who understand the environmental impact of what they're doing. We also get people who want something to eat tonight, actually. Um, we get homeless people who, who just want something they can eat there and then. You know, we get students coming because it's a cheaper way to get, you know, we get all of that. And, and they all start talking to each other, you know, from the queue as well. So we all get a much better understanding of where we're all coming from. And I suppose that's the other thing is we never say we're the experts. We know what we're talking about. We always start every <laughs> workshop by saying we're just learning. We're interested. We know a bit, but we do not know everything. And you nearly always come away having learned something from your participants, don't you? You know, because everybody's got a, a little tip or a little idea and um, suddenly gets you thinking about something else. And I always find that honesty going into things. <laughs> like go, when I've come in and be like, well, I don't know what this means either, but we're going to find out together. And that kind of makes people just relax a bit because, yeah, I'm not coming at them with facts and figures and stuff because I don't know any of that. I just know what I know from experience and we're going to find out how other people deal with it. And always go in with honesty, I think, rather than trying to gab your yes. or something. And, and speak from the heart. Yeah. You know, we're not here to lecture people. We are here to help them, to encourage them. You may be inspired a wee bit, but not to tell them are they doing it right? Are they doing it wrong? I don't mind it. Like I feel like it gets um, a bad name because obviously the clothes are coming from someone else, so people are a bit like, "Yikes!" Mm -hmm. But you can like not only is it like better for the planet, you can find really cool stuff in charity shops. Like, some of my favourite clothing have come from like, charity shops. From the community group point of view, what we've learned is just trust your creative person. You know, they'll say things that don't immediately make sense perhaps you know but it'll make sense later on and just let them explain it to you and just see things from a different point of view it's just it's just so interesting um and it just makes makes your work so much better because you've now got a new dimension to it as well um, and just seeing this different way of doing things and and meeting different people it's, it's just uh, yeah just really be open to it and really listen to what they're saying yeah, and I think for me it is um, you need to put the time in getting to know the communities that you want to work with. You can't just rock up with a thing and then do it. 
because you might find that it just doesn't work for that group. So I always made sure that I had one or two sessions where I came in and I just sat with them while they were doing their usual thing and introduced myself and got leathering. Uh, I did notice uh, a lot of guards up. Uh, people want to know where you've come from, who's funding you. If you work for the council, they do not like it when you work for the council. <laughs> um, so they need to know all of that because I think, and especially in Dundee, where it's a city of like a lot of resilience, but a lot of people have been screwed over <laughs> um, a lot. And so they do have that, the resilience. They don't want someone who's just going to storm in with their arty-farty business and then leave and then that's it and never see them again. And so coming in, spending that time, getting to know them, and then, like I said, tailoring whatever work you're going to do to them. You can't expect every group that you work with to want to do the same thing. It's just not going to work. Always coming in with flexibility, options, and openness. Um, and then you kind of go wrong, maybe, if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> we never get a single thing. That's new, diddly. It's sung in the good old days, remember? Remember the programme, the good old days? Even Jake the Plumber, he's the man I adore. You'll be pleased to know that that transition to the newly launched Transition Dundee has been successful and now you can visit the wardrobe shop at the Nethergate in Dundee's city centre or join in one of their many workshops. After watching Jade's film, compiling interviews with community groups, they now steer away from the hard-to-understand and alienating vocabulary such as sustainability and climate justice to better engage with the wider audience. If you are interested in learning more about communicating climate change by working with arts and culture, you can watch a recording of a recent SCAN workshop with talks by Lewis Cohen-Rowe from Creative Carbon Scotland and a visual artist, Hannah Imlach. I put the link to the video in episode notes alongside the links to Jade's work, to the wardrobe and to Creative Dundee. I hope that hearing from the partnerships in the Cultivate project has demystified community engaged art for you a little bit and that you may be inspired to collaborate with creative people in your own community projects. The second wave of Cultivate collaborations in Tayside will start in the autumn so there may be an opportunity to get involved. Keep an eye out for announcements on the Creative Dundee website. Or if you would like to scratch your creative itch by recording a podcast or writing a story for one of our 1000 Better Stories channels, consider applying for one of our mini grants. Or you might like to join in with our regular podcasting and writing skillshares. Get in touch with myself or Joanna on stories at scottishcommunitiescan.org.uk to hear more about it. Our next episodes will feature two amazing stories from our mini-grant recipients, Luke Winters and Maria Barros. Till then, take care out there. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like and maybe even a review. It will really help us reach a wider audience. If something exciting is happening in your own community, be sure to let us know so that we can help you tell your own story. Or maybe you would like to join our brand new Storyteller Collective. You can drop our Story Weavers a line at stories at scottishcommunitiescan.org.uk. To keep up to date, check out our website at scottishcommunities.org.uk or find us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. 
or simply sign up to the newsletter. Thank you.